Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Freeze Nation, what is good? It's your boy Pat the Designer back at it again. Appreciate y'all tuning in and rocking with us for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. Y'all already know what we got going on over here listen uh we got a lot i mean it's it's a light day it's more i ain't gonna lie it's a bigger news day for me than anything but we'll get to all of that in a minute yeah you know i'm saying but starting things off i mean listen the chicago bears have named their team captains uh you know we'll, we'll get into you know how how we think these guys are gonna handle the season handle that pressure i guess of being the team captain also uh more importantly tevin jenkins and doug kramer both had an ir we knew about tevin jenkins but doug kramer being one ir as well the chicago bears are heading in to this season with a bit of a dilemma at a certain spot on the offensive line is that going to be an issue for this team moving forward and uh i mean listen i, I gotta drop some news on y'all heads man i appreciate you guys for showing love and supporting the channel as always like i said hit that like button subscribe to the page appreciate you guys for rocking with your boy man and happy y'all ain't even still y'all happy y'all don't be subscribed happy y'all don't hit that bell it's all good man it's all good. We appreciate y'all. Baki in the chat was good. Let's jump into the conversation here, man. Uh, starting things off, the Chicago Bears have named their four team captains. Uh, you got Tremaine Edmonds, DJ Moore, Justin Fields, Eddie Jackson. And I think that this is good. This, this sets the tone. Right. This sets the tone. These are the guys who, and and here's the interesting part about this. I had this conversation on. Uh, and, and it kind of goes into the Justin Fields conversation as a whole. I I had this conversation on today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast with John Yurkovich, and uh, to, I want to understand what people's expectations of Justin Fields are as we get into this season. That's the that's the one thing I'm waiting to see, and I say that for this reason: Justin Fields being named a captain here. Justin Fields is viewed as a leader. Justin Fields is viewed as a big dog in this locker room. He's viewed as somebody that uh, exudes that leadership talent. And I think that we see that, right? We see the team rally behind him. We see the team rally around him. There's very rare moments where we look at Justin Fields on the field. We may question, right, is the play right? Did the play uh, end up being successful? Are the Bears going to be able to go out there and be successful? on offense, but I don't think at any point we've questioned who has command of this team. Who's the guy running this team? We've questioned, is he old enough? Has he been in the league long enough to run this team? But Justin Fields is the biggest leader on this team, and the team follows the path that he sets out. And I guess here's my question with it. If Justin Fields turns into not the best quarterback in the NFL, but is still one of the top leaders, leads your team to a measure of success, and can go out there and win championships, are you going to be upset by it? Because it seems like at this point, there are people who are bringing up the conversation of Justin Fields as if he's either going to be the best quarterback in the NFL or he's going to be a bust. 
And that shouldn't be the range that Justin Fields has placed it. That shouldn't be the range that we're judging Justin Fields on. I'll give you some case in point examples, right? Now, I'm not saying I want Justin Fields to end up being these guys, but you went into every Sunday if you were a New York Giants fan with Eli Manning and you felt pretty good about your quarterback situation all until he ends up getting old, right? Eli Manning was the definition of mid. Eli Manning was literally a mid sandwich. His entire career is mid-tacular. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Two Super Bowls, right? There, there is a range that I think that Bears fans are being irrational about to the point where if Justin Fields doesn't come out and literally be the best quarterback in the NFL, we're going to have to deal with people talking after this season about, okay, uh, what is Justin Fields' future with the Chicago Bears? No, that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is to see, can this guy come out consistently running offense? Can he consistently be the guy that leads his teams to wins? Is his team going to rally around him? And yes, can he be average at best? Yeah, sure. Guess what average is right now, though? 3,800-yard quarterbacks are average quarterbacks. That's not the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, some of them are, right? Jalen Hurts, I think a lot of people would throw him up there, but... For the most part, right? Like, if you see 3,800 yards, Jared Goff, 4,000-yard-plus passer, nobody's sitting here banging on the table to tell you he's the best QB in the league. Jared Goff had amazing statistics last season, and people will still li – and listen, I'm not sitting here telling you that I am a huge believer in what Jared Goff brings, but the conversation around Justin Fields should be based on what is he going to lead the Chicago Bears to, not is he going to go out there and be the best quarterback in the NFL. I, I, what, what I've asked for Justin Fields, I said that you should at a minimum be a 3,800-yard passer. You should be able to go out there and throw 25-plus touchdowns. You, he, we know that he can rush for 10, and you should be able to have a 2-to-1 ratio. That's an average quarterback in this league. The best of the best are 5,000-yard passers. This is a 17-game season now. The best of the best are going to sit there and give you a, a pass to uh, a, a touchdown-to-interception ratio that's like, 30 touchdowns to every uh, 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 10 interceptions, right? A three to one ratio. That That's where, you know, like if we want him to be the best of the best, that's fine. But I'm also okay with Justin Fields being a guy that goes out there and puts up Jared Goff numbers. Heck, half of the people in here would pray, would uh, uh, crown this man as the greatest quarterback we've ever seen in Chicago. As the greatest quarterback we've ever seen in Chicago. If he did these numbers right here last season, Jared Goff, 65% completion percentage, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 99 QBR rating, 4,400 passing yards. We don't even know if Jared Goff is going to continue to go out there and, and, and be that guy. Right? That was a crazy season. Love it. Most of his career, right? He's been 4,000 here and there. Uh, a couple of back-to-back -back years, a 4,000 guy. But we know what it is. It's system. He's in the right system for him. Shout out to the Lions putting him in there. They're getting the most out of him. I'm in Ross St. Brown. Absolutely helps. I know he's got a little trash to talk here about Justin Fields as well. But I'm, I'm really sitting here confused with what we're saying the metric is for Justin Fields to be successful. For me, I want a quarterback that I can trust year in and year out to go out there and lead my team to playoff victories, uh, uh, wins during the season, eventually get to at a minimum one Super Bowl, right? Like, uh, that's what I'm looking for.
Hit that like button if you agree. Subscribe to the page. We appreciate you guys for showing love. 45 people in here, nine likes. That's crazy. Right? Like, there's, there's a... There's a standard of quarterback that is set. And for some reason, even now, we talk about uh, uh, um, quarterbacks in this league uh, uh, as basically, listen, if you're not the top five, you're the rest. And that is true. There's a lot of guys throwing 4,000 yards now. Can Justin Fields be middle of the pack? That's what we're talking about here. Right? We're not sitting here talking about can Justin Fields be the... We shouldn't be. We are sitting here having this conversation because the only thing that happens with Justin Fields is when Dan Orlovsky comes out and says he's going to be an MVP. When Dan Orlovsky comes out and says he's going to be the worst quarterback that we've seen this season, right? When it, it's, it's one or the other. That, that's, all, that's all we get, right? It's, it's, you know, is he great? Is he terrible? That shouldn't be the range that you're based on because there's going to be a bunch of people that come in here during the draft next year, and they're going to say, listen, I'll tell you what about this Justin Fields. Maybe he did throw for 4,000 yards last season, and uh, but, you know, uh, you really need to reset the clock because can you pay a guy that only throws 4,000 yards? Like, that's crazy. What are we talking about here? What conversation are we having if that's what we're grading our quarterbacks on? Trying to pull up the stats here, right? Um, of of what uh, basically players did last season, because I'm telling you, like you got your top five and then it falls off. <laughs> Stevo, great comment here. Stevo saying, and this is the range people are judging him on: is Jalen Hurts or Ryan Leaf? Either you're Jalen Hurts or you're Ryan Leaf. And listen, I get it, right? There are certain guys that are going to get the job done. There are certain guys that are going to, uh, uh, um, th that are going to be your your top of the top. And there are certain guys that aren't going to be able to lead you to success. But the problem is not to me the passer. I can give you a bunch of guys who were mid that won Super Bowls. And I'm not saying that's what I want. I want the guy that when my team is down, they know they look to him and can count on him. Steve, I'll say, I, can, I can't be Phillip Rivers. I don't know if I want Phillip Rivers. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if I want Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers be uh, Phillip Rivers be turning that football over. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I want Phillip Rivers. But it's a situation for me where it shouldn't be just the top of the top or the bottom of the bottom. Let me pull this up here. Because this list here, here we go. Passing yards, 2023, right? Mahomes, of course, throws for 5.3. Herbert throws for four, uh, four, 4,700 yards, basically. Mahomes throws for 5,300. Herbert throws for 4,700. There's people that don't want Herbert. I don't believe in Herbert. I watched Herbert smoke play the first playoff game he's in. I watched him smoke the entire second half. I also saw some bad, some bad, uh, some bad, coaching in there as well, but I've watched Herbert smoke a lot of games. Tom Brady last season. Tom Brady was old, decrepit, and just trying to make it happen. 4,700 yards. Kirk Cousins, 4,500 yards. Joe Burrow, 4,500 yards. Jared Goff, 4,400. Josh Allen, 4,300. Geno Smith, 4,300. Trevor Lawrence, 4,100. Jalen Hurts, 3,700. There is a 2,400-yard difference between your MVP and second place in the MVP. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight quarterbacks in between them. 
And yet the conversation is that if Justin Fields isn't great, if he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, you know, we got to look elsewhere next season. That's crazy. That's an insane conversation to have. But Justin Fields, one of the starters named, I don't think anybody's surprised by that. Uh, the, an, another one that we got have to get into that I, I really, I, I think he's going to be a really good leader of this team as well. Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson to me, and this is a take on just kind of how I think his season's going to need to go. Eddie Jackson to me needs to be a heartbeat of this defense. He needs, he is the person that can bring the passion. And of course, everybody else is going to have to be a part of that, right? But what Jaquan Brisker has done for Eddie Jackson, and I hope that it happens with, uh, uh, um, I hope that it happens with uh, a continued success this season and health and all of that, right? But Eddie Jackson to me is the guy that flips your field the quickest on this team right now. And I haven't seen Tremaine Edmonds. I haven't seen TJ Edwards. I don't know what these guys are going to be able to do in a Bears uniform early on. We literally haven't seen any of them, right? But Eddie Jackson is the guy that gets the ball, can take it down the field the other way as quickly as possible, gets into and gets into the end zone going the other way, can lay the big boom. I think Eddie Jackson's the energy of this defense. I like that they have named him a captain for this defense. I like that he's able to uh, uh, get bestowed that honor as well Tremaine Edmonds of course the other captain DJ Moore the other captain I don't have a ton to say about those guys just because I haven't seen what they're going to do in a Bears uniform yet I feel good about it I feel confident about it but I haven't seen what they're going to do in a Bears uniform just yet but I think that Eddie Jackson has to kind of be that heartbeat of the defense because to me you're you're talking about a guy who is going to lay the big hit, is going to look for the big kid, is going to seek that, can can flip the field in an instant, can be a guy if you need him to that can go out there and get a blitz, can be a guy if you need him to. That, and you're not going to see him playing great in coverage, but that knows how to bait uh, a wide receiver into an easy pick going the other way. I think we we... I like that Eddie Jackson is a captain on the defensive side because, to me, you start to see him as a guy who uh, he was two years ago or three years ago, right, before uh, uh, you end up seeing the Jaquan – or before you end up seeing basically we get rid of um, – uh, uh, why can't I think of the, the the DB that was standing opposite of him um, that ended up – I, w- I want to say he went to Minnesota – Y'all know who I'm talking about there. But, you know, like we we saw Eddie Jackson take a serious dip. We saw Eddie Jackson take a serious dip in production over the last, you know, the, the year before last year, a couple of years. And there were a lot of plays. There was a lot of tough defense that goes into that, right? You get a lot of holding calls that take away interceptions. I think he got like three pick sixes called back. Adrian Amo, shout out to Rodney, dropping that one in there. Yeah, I mean. Like, like that that to me, I, I think that there's a heartbeat there that uh that this this Bears team has with a guy like Eddie Jackson that if he can just turn if he can remain that guy, you'll see him get paid going into next season because of what he's gonna what he's able to do as far as being a a real piece of this defense, being the lifeblood of this defense. So you gotta figure out who that player is gonna be. You really got to figure out who that player is going to be. Every defense has one. Every defense has that guy that you look at and you go, okay, that like for us before, Akeem Hicks. When Akeem Hicks was out, the defense didn't have enough life. Muggs was sitting there running the football whenever they wanted to. It, it was an easy game for them. They didn't have to struggle to get the ball downfield. Akeem Hicks is the guy for me. 
that was the last lifeblood of his defense. Now, Khalil Mack was the big sack getter, right? He was the guy that was getting to the quarterback. He was the guy that was making the big numbers and all of that stuff. But when we lost the team, the, the, all of a sudden, the heart of the defense, the lifeblood of the defense was gone. And I don't think that that's, I, I think that that's a situation that we could be in now with a guy like Eddie Jackson. Now it helps if you have those dogs up front, but just how quickly Eddie can turn something. I think that, that, that Eddie could be like, like Steve-O said, right? He said Hicks was the glue. I think Eddie could be that next glue piece for you. Uh, and, and that's really what I'm looking to see, man. Hey, appreciate you guys for showing love. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We're going to keep this thing moving along, man. Bears have named their starters and so, uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's good to have the the uh, I'm sorry, not their starters. The Bears have named their uh, team captains, and so it's it's good to see you know some of the names that they have on that list. I'm I'm still I'm on the fence about Jermaine. I don't know what Jermaine's going to do. Not on the fence as far as him being a captain, but I'm on the fence just on a prediction for him because Justin Fields basically says he's one of the rangiest, toughest linebackers you're going to see. Uh, and if if he throws half of these passes that he throws against anybody else, they're not getting through. Apparently with Tremaine, you know, it's kind of he's going to go out there and be a dog. It's just something I want to see how it works in this defense. I do believe that he's going to be a dog. Um, let's keep this thing going, though. Appreciate you guys for showing love. So one thing that we do want to get into is, is the injury concern uh, that I have when I mean, listen, here's 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 my biggest concern with the Chicago Bears offensive line right now. And and. Not to say that it's not major, not to say that it's not serious, but I want to see what the guys are who come in are going to be able to do. The fact that you're down to your backup center who's also not a healthy player scares the crap out of me, though. Right? Like, I'm heading into week one. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm heading into week one with confidence in the line. The middle of my line, I think Lucas Patrick, like I've said multiple times, right? What do he play? Three plays in that Patriots game. Looks good. Then he got hurt. Then he got hurt. Can he stay healthy? Because we're quickly going to get to old uh, 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 Dan. Dan Mullet. You know what I mean? Dan Mullet. Mullet. Great Mullet out here. Great Mullet by Dan. Great, Mullet. You can't, you can't, do, it, uh, uh, my producer said this the other day. When you see a phenomenal Mullet, first off, he looks like Chicago. Like, that's what I see when I see him. Mustache, Mullet, great guy. But with Feeney, right, like, or, or uh, Eric said basically that I feel like we're seeing the Mullet too often. Are we seeing the Mullet too often? I'm not seeing a lot of good Mullets out here. He's got a great Mullet. But with Feeney, right, I like Feeney coming in as your backup. I like Feeney being able to come in as a guy who can spot start for you. I don't want Feeney as my starter. Feeney as a starter outside of the last couple of years, right, has struggled. He hasn't been somebody who's gone out there and had a ton of success. Last two years with the Jets, he's coming off of the bench. He's played better. I like I, I would love to see that, but I don't think he's the answer. I do think it was a good pickup. I think that's a solid trade, six round pick. You end up bringing in Feeney, and uh, you you got a guy Feeney. I don't know if y'all remember that one. That was a deep cut right there. I don't know why that one just clicked in my brain. Feeney. <laughs> Shout out to the boy meets world mugs out there. The generation, bro, Topanga. What's good? But no, I I, I look at. 
this Bears offensive line, and I feel I, I still feel a lot of the same fear that I felt going into last season. Difference coming into this season, though. Major difference coming into this season, though. Justin Fields was able to get away from a lot of the pressures that happened last season. He was not able to complete passes. I would not be surprised if we're sitting here talking about an offensive line that realistically, hopefully as Lucas Patrick could be Dan Feeney right at your starting center. Left tackle is uh, uh, um, Cody White here. Left, or I'm sorry, left guard is Cody White here. Left tackle, Braxton Jones. Right tackle, Darnell Wright, who's back out at practice, looked good, was running around, saw him taking some snaps as well. And then your right tackle ends up being uh, um, Nate Davis, which, I mean, listen, I don't know. Right? But then you, you got receivers that can catch the football now. That offensive line is still an upgrade over last season. If you give Justin Fields just an extra second to get that ball to DJ Moore, that's a possibility. Oh, by the way, Cole Komet underneath. Oh, by the way, and here's the one part that I think a lot of people overlook. Justin Fields, all those stats that we quote that we're excited about last season, right? All of those things that have us, oh, snap, the Bears came out there last year and they were able to put up this in the second half and this many points and this many. That was what worst talent. That was with worse players. Much worse. Much worse. Number two receiver, Byron Pringle. Number one, Equinamia St. Brown. Darnell Mooney's out. He's got a bad knee. We got Sam Mustafer snapping footballs, falling over his own feet. Right tackles, basically a rotating uh, hodgepodge of fat guys. Left tackle's the only one that's showing any consistency, but that guy's a rookie. So while I am worried about the offensive line, what I'm not worried about is how the Bears can operate the offensive line heading into this season with upgraded talent. Now, the flip side of that, and here's the real question that you have to ask yourself, right? One or two, one and two. Here's the real question you have to ask yourself. One, how are you going to fix the positions that are huge question marks that I think on the offensive line, right? Tevin Jenkins is your biggest question mark. How do you fix that? That's probably going to have to be addressed in the draft. And two, are you okay going through the rest of this season with Justin Fields probably taking the same, some of the same shots he took last season? Because he's going to get hit this year. He's probably still going to take some shots this year. Now, you hope that you're sitting there with a situation that is uh, 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 half of those shots. But he's going to have to speed up going through his progression. He's going to have to speed up who he's getting the ball to. He's going to have to speed up decision-making this season. I still see it. I still see it. The difference is when I'm speeding up and I got to go, oh, snap, I got to get this ball out quick. Cole Komet's standing three feet in front of me. He's big. I'll get it to him. Oh, man, I got to get this ball out quick. Oh, never mind. DJ Moore's already down there. I've seen success in situations that we're about to embark on this season with. I saw Joe Burrow going to a Super Bowl being the most hit quarterback in the NFL. He had the weapons that he could trust to get the ball to. 
Now, is that what I'm predicting for Justin Fields? No. But what I do think that we can say is that this guy will be able to produce more at a level that is higher than what we saw last season for the entire season because it took the first seven weeks for Luke Getzey to even figure out what the heck he had going on with that team. All of a sudden, after seven weeks, boom, the offense is running. It's clicking. We can't stop anybody to save our lives. So I think that those are the, those are the things that you're, you're, he's going to take those shots, but he's also going to end up having people there where he can get the ball to them, where he can make the right decision. You're still going to be able to get a judgment out of Justin Fields this year based on who he is and what he's going to be able to go out there and do. But I do think there's still going to be some shots out there. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Don Burr still hounding me about the jersey. It's not really hounding. It's literally just I need to send him his jersey. That's on me, Don. That's my bad. Got to pay up. Jersey's coming. Don't worry about it. You'll still get it. Um, want that Gibbs though? Want that? Gibbs. I think I don't. I, I think I have Jameer Gibbs on my fantasy team. Actually, no, I don't. I don't. I was trying to trade for him. I was trying to trade for Jameer Gibbs. They didn't want me to get him because David Montgomery is going to be the number two there. Vern in the building was good. Lamont and uh, Lamont and Don going back and forth as per usual. Good to see all the kids playing well together. Chris in this mug, Derek in this mug said, now nah, we look good on paper. We still have to play. A lot of things look good on paper. You know what I mean? Second year in the same system, I think we'll be fine. And yes, we have, we'll, we'll have guys there hundred percent, man. Um, V dog said, I agree with polls. Majority of this team has been upgraded minus Tevin Jenkins. I agree too. I think when you talk about upgrades, right? Right. Lamont just said a name too. Robert Tunyon's a sleeper guy. He's a guy that's going to be able to get in there, probably come away with three, four touchdowns, bringing the ball, right? Just because he's big and in the end zone, just like, hey, I'm here. Oh, uh, caught it. You know what I mean? I think that he's going to end up being that kind of player. He's also going to be somebody who's just going to create mismatch, mis mismatches all over the field. Uh, I look at a guy like... Um, of course, uh, uh, Cole Komet, I think that he's going to take a step forward this season. Got to get to got to get to the routes maybe a little bit quicker, but I like what I saw from him finishing out the season. I like the confidence that he has in his own game now. You know what I mean? I, I just like that he's confident in his own game, and I think that, you know, weapon-wise, the Chicago Bears have upgraded. Overall, you know, it, it, as we're literally at the end of, of the offseason, the, the, the real football is coming in. Real football is getting ready to be played. I still stand on Ryan Poles gets an A from me for this offseason. Turning that first-round pick into a first-round pick next season, DJ Moore, which changes the entire outlook of what your offensive system is going to be. Getting, getting Tremaine Edmonds after getting rid of Roquan Smith, basically getting two linebackers for the price of one, I think that that makes a ton... Like, uh, at, in, in the moment, right, when we're reacting to things as they happen, we're sitting here and we're like, yo, that's not how you do things. I still stand on how he offered that contract was the biggest way to say we don't want you here but we'll keep you if you'll be here cheap that was the biggest you know that was that was a that was a f you to to roquan smith essentially in my opinion i'm not gonna stunt with you but you end up letting roquan go you get Tremaine Edmonds and tj edwards i think that those are two really 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 freaking good linebackers to have as a replacement for the one linebacker who had uh i don't even know who was standing on the other side of him was a dylan cole at that point and jack sanborn Right? 
I think on, on top of that, right, I do believe that you've upgraded your DB room just by allowing uh, – uh, um, now I can think of Kyle Fuller, right? Uh, uh, Kyler Gordon uh, to be in the slot. I think that's a huge upgrade to your DB room. When you see him on the field, he just looks comfortable. He knows where to be. He's playing a spot where he's been instinctual his whole career. He's playing a spot where it doesn't matter if I'm standing here or not. I can drop back. Boom. I got this pick. Boom. I can lay this hit. He's going to be a guy. He's going to be a peanut punch candidate. Watch what y'all watch. I say this. He's going to be a peanut punch candidate this season because there's going to be a lot of times where guys catch that football and go to turn and he's going to be right there. Boop. You know what I mean? Like he, he keep an eye on what Kyler Gordon is going to be uh, able to do this season. I think he's going to take a jump. Um, I, I believe that. Listen, no matter what, what I think about Jalen Johnson, as far as him getting paid, the pass breakup numbers are true. Right. What? Well, no matter what you think, no matter what you believe in, as far as his takeaway numbers are, I still think that you're going to end up going out there and, and questioning at the end of the season. Right. Maybe he ends up getting two interceptions, three interceptions, something like that. You're still going to sit here and say, am I going to pay this guy as the best guy on the field? Am I going to pay this guy as the number one? But I do think that he's going to be better because I think Tyreek Stevenson is going to be a guy where they're going to attack him early. He's going to be able to adjust his game. He's going to have to learn quickly, by the way. They're going to attack him a lot. The passing game might look ugly week one because they're literally going to say, put him on Tyreek Stevenson. We're going at him because he still hasn't figured out the uh, um, that line between I'm a physical DB and that's a penalty. That's going to take him some time. But you're allowing, again, allowing guys to play the position you wanted them to play. Kyler Gordon, going back to being a slot corner, slot DB, that's going to be big. He's going to be a guy that's going to lay the boom over the middle. Tremaine Edmonds, your middle linebacker. TJ Edwards playing that off ball. Jack Sanborn coming in with the knowledge. Boom. I'm still looking at Jalen Johnson. Sure, he's your number one, but he's still a guy that when they throw the ball his way, he can knock that thing away. Oh, by the way, Eddie Jackson still gets the opportunity to play free because Jaquan Brisker's out there doing everything that he has to do. Jaquan Brisker's making Eddie Jackson's life easier. And here's the best part about this, where all the Bears fans are concerned looking at a lot of the stuff that's happening with this Bears defense that we've seen on Sundays and how, right, the run is still cutting through us. They're still getting away. We've seen none of the main guys. We've seen none of what this defense looks like. Zero. We've seen zero. We saw Yannick and Gakwe for like three plays. They got that front seven out of there so fast. And he's a guy I don't have concerns about. I've seen what he's able to do. I've seen how he gets to the quarterback. I just, I mean, like, listen, like, what are you, what are you going to say about it? He's, he's dominant. He gets there. On the other side, Demarcus Walker, a seven-sack guy, he can get there. If I was going to pick one rookie that I think is going to stand out on this team this season, my vote is somebody we had on the Chicago Bears podcast this year. I'm looking right at Zach Pickens. When I tell you Zach Pickens' mind 
has adjusted so quickly to the NFL. Now, there's going to be some things speed-wise, right, where he's going to have to catch up. His game's going to have to catch up when they're running real plays at you. But I think that he's in a better position than Javon Dexter to take that step early. I think Javon's going to be a guy that comes on in the season slowly. I don't think he's going to hit right away. I think Zach Pickens, though, is going to be a guy instantly that we talk about that's going to be, okay, week two, week three. Oh, snap, this guy's getting pressure. This guy's forcing the pocket. He's denting that pocket. Then all of a sudden, boom, left side, right side. I got Walker. I got Yannick. Take your pick. I think this Bears defense is going to be vastly improved. I have to give Ryan Poles credit on that. On the offensive side, though, right, offensive line. Here's the tough part, too. We can't sit here and say that this is not the Ryan Pace situation, right? The Chicago Bears are addressing the offensive line. The Chicago Bears are addressing the issues that are at hand. <laughs> now, whether it all pans out, that's on guys staying healthy on the field, but they're addressing it. The Bears attacked right tackle this offseason. They thought that they had something locked up at left guard. They've attacked that uh, uh, um, center position multiple times. You got to stay healthy for it to happen, though. So while, listen, there's still issues with the offensive line, you're probably going to have to have two or three more drafts unless you're not going to go right. I know we say, all right, you just go offensive lineman in the draft first six. My first three picks would be offensive lineman. That sounds good on paper, but you're missing a lot of talented players. If your first three picks end up being offensive lineman. And so I think realistically, you're going to see the bears maybe use one of those first round picks if Justin Fields pans out on the O line. But if you're sitting here having you know, you're going to go get Tevin Jenkins' replacement next season. That's what you're going to go get. You're going to go get Tevin Jenkins' replacement next season. And then, you know, maybe you focus on that center position because as bad as it is, you got bodies to throw at it. Cody Whitehair just ends up messing his finger up, right? Like if his hand is fine, we're sitting here talking about him being the starting center. We feel a little bit better. Now, he wasn't great at center, but we feel better about it because he's a guy that can step in there and play the center position, right? He can snap the football to him. Lucas Patrick, if he can stay healthy. I think that health is going to dictate, I guess, what you end up attacking most in the draft. But I do believe that you're probably going to try and replace Tevin Jenkins next year because you can't continue to go into seasons trying to rely on him. Talented as heck. Talented as all get out. But you can't go into every single season hoping to rely on him. So I think that for overall, I still have to give Ryan Poles an A. You got to think about this, guys. And I, I know, right, we live and die on every, every decision that's made, and so it feels a lot longer. He's been here two years. Three years ago, we had Matt Nagy. Two years ago, we thought we were in cap hell. Literally, y'all remember coming in two years ago? Do y'all remember what it was like when Ryan Poles got here? Do y'all remember that? We were like, he's not going to be able to do anything during the season or before the season because he's not going to have money. And he got the San Diego Chargers to take Khalil Max money, and all of a sudden we were like, oh, snap. Hold on now. We got money. 
We were literally, everybody coming in, all the capologists, all of this, the Chicago Bears aren't going to have money to spend on guys. One move, all of a sudden we got money. One move, all of a sudden we're, we're out of where we were struggling with. One move. If you can go from here to here in two years, I'm willing to sit here and ride with you in the year three and see what changes you're going to make. I'm willing to sit here and ride with you in the year four and see what changes you're going to make. Because what we saw from year one to year two is a masterclass and people undersell it. It's a masterclass in being a GM and people. It's not even just, here's the thing. It's not just bottom out, right? Like everybody's like, oh yeah, you just bottom out. You have no money on the books. No, that's not how dead money works. That's not how, uh, uh, right? Like you, you still sit and sit there and uh, have to pay that money on the cap if these guys are a part of it. He found a way to, yes, you took the L when you traded Mac away, but in the long run, you, you come out so far ahead. Roquan Smith, same thing, right? Like you, he puts you in a position. That's all I ask for my GM. Put me in a position. Put me in a position where I can see success, where I can see a path to success. Put me in a position where I can see that the players can take it from here. Then, then that's where I look at the players and say, okay, now can you pick up the mantle and take it to the next step? But before we get up out of here, man, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. Want to drop this announcement on the channel, man. Appreciate everybody showing love. And it is gone so far. Your love has taken the Breeze brand, my brand, everything so far. Um, when you guys hit that like button, when you show support, when you share the clips up, all of that stuff, that I need every one of you that is in here right now and every one of you who is listening on the podcast side and every one of you who listens later in the day to tune in tomorrow morning from 7 to 10 because I am going to be hosting with Shay Norling on the Cap and Jay Hood show on ESPN 1000. So I need y'all calling in. I need y'all saying Breeze Nation. I need y'all rocking with, with your boy over there as well. We done made it all the way to ESPN, bro. Like, we, we've made it all the way to the tops of the top. We've made it all the way to one of the biggest stages that you're going to get to. from this basement and my old basement <laughs> been a lot of basements in in the breeze history right been a lot of basements and it don't stop there we're gonna keep trying to go up we're gonna keep trying to get to the next level we're gonna keep trying to you know hey tv what's good but it's through y'all it's y'all help it's y'all working with me y'all rocking with me y'all seeing me go from like some of the struggle struggle of takes in the beginning to like hey now this is just my opinion you can eat whatever you want to eat on it but if you guys are up if you guys are listening in tomorrow if you guys are espn 1000 listeners you will hear me from 7 to 10 tomorrow Make sure that you guys tune in. Uh, and that's going to be, like you said, Bob Bob uh, saying it right there, a milestone. Another milestone to another level of success um, that, you know, realistically, I thought never was going to get here. 
And Don Burr, I don't know, I don't know if you're a blue collar guy, bro, but call into the channel tomorrow too. Call into the radio station tomorrow too, man. As much as as much as Don Burr jump in here and give everybody crap, y'all know he's still the only person. I I, I mean, y'all know I'm probably still the only person that doesn't have his main page blocked. I rock with my boy, man. I rock with Don. Don actually called in one day. He's actually a smart football fan, which is hilarious. He's just a Detroit Lions fan, so there's that. Um, but no, nah, man, it's 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 an honor rocking with you guys, and it's going to be an honor rocking with you guys on a bigger stage tomorrow, a much bigger stage, and uh, hopefully the Breeze Nation grows and we get we get more people in the family, man. So stay out, keep rocking with us, man. Uh, somebody asked me a question before I got about a question with Pat. With our scheme being a mirror image of what the Niners are doing, what do you have as realistic expectations for Chase? Because I think with a multitude of options, he'll be fine. He's not a number one. Chase is going to be a guy that, I mean, realistically, Chase is going to be a guy that um, can do everything. He just, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be a guy that can do everything. Yeah, I mean that's that's what. He's going to be the guy that comes through from uh, 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 behind that, you know, can run the end around. He's going to be a guy that can take deep, that you could take deep. Uh, he's going to be a guy that, you know, can can play the short game. He's going to be a guy. I mean, he can do everything. It's just a matter of him reaching his potential. That's up to Chase. What Chase's ability is going to be is, is up to Chase Claypool. But I'm going to get up out of here, man. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We'll be back here tomorrow uh to recap basically i mean i'll be i'll be on at seven to ten so we'll be talking about all that stuff and then we'll be back here tomorrow to recap everything that is happening around uh the nfl around the bears it is a bears friday so tune in with us on that as well as we get excited for bears packers week coming up got to get some guests on for bears packers week man but it's going to be a fun time hey y'all stay safe out there chicago one love peace Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.